LaMelo Ball has a great game, another one against Milwaukee, and records a record-breaking triple-double. Plus, we'll talk about the Rising Stars Challenge. How many Hornets made it? We'll discuss all of that today on Locked On Hornets. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. By the way, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 and free bets, win or lose. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. If you're watching on YouTube, you see, what is it this time? Your name, the Footwear Phenom. We've had the Pharaoh of Foot Candy. We've had the Sultan of Sneakers, and now we have the footwear phenom. It's Mr. David Walker joining us today. How are you doing, man? I'm doing fantastic. The alliteration game, it just never never disappoints me. I don't see these beforehand. Walker, clearly you don't either. Right, uh, these I are don't. all from the mind of, of, of Doug Branson. And yeah, so Doug. God bless that man. Yeah, God, God bless that man indeed. I often leave the show thinking that very thing. God <laughs> bless that man, Doug Branson, helping us out here. And by the way, you can check his box, uh, his Substack. I've done that again. Substack, every Hornets box score um, at everyhornetsboxscore.com. Let's get to this game, David. Milwaukee is always an interesting one because the Hornets just kind of have their number. I mean, we've seen it the last, what, couple of seasons. LaMelo came into yesterday's game averaging over 25 points per contest, over seven assists. He did so on very nice shooting, close to 50 overall from the field, and I think 47% from three. Not only that, but we've seen the narrative type of stuff with LaMelo. Can you be the guy to take the last shot? Well, he did in one game where he hits the running left floater. One of the one of the more memorable mm. shots, at least for me, in LaMelo's young career. Well, even with a loss yesterday, they had Chris Middleton back in the lineup. Bench player, but still great production from him going to the line. I believe going 8 of 8 from the free throw line for Middleton. But even with a loss, LaMelo scores 27 points. He dishes out 11 assists. And he gets 10 rebounds, five offensive rebounds, by the way. And the assist number is what came later in this game, but he was able to get two actually within the last, I don't know, three, four minutes or so. But it's a record-breaking triple-double. The guy's 21 years old, and now he has the most triple-doubles in franchise history. You know, David, it's just like this first segment is something we can just do to take a moment and realize, you know what, this season has not been good. It's been pretty poor in a bunch of different ways that you want to measure it. But LaMelo is still an awesome centerpiece to have. And it it goes to show just how much more important it is to try to put the right pieces around him. Yeah, and on that point, you know, having having guys healthy, right? I mean, getting a healthy Hayward in there, getting uh, some, some help for LaMelo out there. But you're right. I mean, and this is what his – Third, fourth game back I think from the most recent injury and so he usually clicks back in around that third or fourth game and for whatever reason you're right he's really performed well against the Bucks. uh he was feeling it last night early on I mean accounted for I think 90 some odd percent of the of the team's first quarter points either scoring or assists so was really feeling himself really on a roll 
um you know not getting much help when he gets hit in the head uh by oh. superstars like uh Giannis Antetokounmpo but you know didn't didn't uh didn't go all LeBron James full prayer in the middle of the lane either to try and get that to try and get that <laughs> call he didn't but, lose but, his you know, mind yeah but you know that will come but but just talking about LaMelo and how special he is I mean to, to have the franchise mark for triple doubles is huge i mean what 21 years old you know being out there doing that stuff and the shots coming uh he's really become a marksman out there from the outside but you know his ability to distribute as well you mentioned the assists not an easy assist to get on that on that on that double on that 10th one from jalen right. daniels a nice finish from him but really uh you can see him and it gets one of the better teams in the league we know being able to control the flow of the game and push it when he needs to and really impact the game on uh, on three different levels. So, I mean, yeah, that's what you want right now. I think that's what we want from the Hornets. We want entertainment. We want good stuff from LaMelo. We want a fun game. We want to close. But I don't know if we want to stack up too many more wins. So, I mean, that's where we are. Yeah, but and, and it's funny because you, you watch the game, and then a Hornet player makes a nice play, and then instinctually you say, yeah, awesome, great, and then you just don't want it to be a win at the end of the game. Now, look, and I saw, you know, you, you see people talk about this all the time, right? Like how to actually feel in this situation if you're a Hornets yeah. fan. And it's totally fine to pull for a win. That's that's absolutely okay. It's, it's actually good to not yeah. absolutely have your confidence destroyed here. I mean, if you're a young team, if you have so many young players that are going to be the foundation going forward, and nobody knows exactly how many players they're going to keep, the trade deadline, this go around, this offseason, I mean, there's a lot of uncertainty surrounding the Hornets' future. But the young players you do keep, you do want them to have some semblance of winning in their system, right? A part of their DNA. And they don't have that, but they also don't have the, all right, well, we'll just lay down. And this is a, this is a team where we, we can't win with all of the injuries. We, we can't win because our roster is not the expected roster that we had at the beginning of the year, at the middle portion of the year, whatever. It's team done lay down. And so I think there's some value in that. And watching LaMelo yeah. come in and just try to lead this team as much as he can. Like, David, he had 26 shot attempts in this game. So he posted one game where he had 27 field goal attempts. But 26 he's posted a few times. And it's the second most that he's had. But it ties with, like, three or four other games. He was looking for a shot. The shooting percentage was down under 40, and then it was at 33 from three in this one, but still hunting a shot and still having uh, an impact in a lot of different areas. So LaMelo, yeah. being aggressive is fun. Yeah, and look at the rest of the backcourt. I mean, specifically Terry did not have his best game out there, right? Just couldn't seem to buy a bucket for a large portion of the night. So, you know, that probably clicked something in LaMelo in that he had to provide a little more scoring. And they mentioned during the game, I think Ashley mentioned during the game, you know, LaMelo, you'll see when he misses a couple, he doesn't stop shooting, right? He always thinks that the net, he always thinks that the next one is the one that's going to get him back on track. I mean, and usually, or actually, I'll say this I always want to see that at this point. I want LaMelo basically to go for a triple double every night. I think he should, that should be his goal for the second half of the season go for triple doubles, push that record out. But yeah, keep shooting, keep going for that dagger, keep going for the open shots when they're there uh the one thing i would like to see him and, and the, really the team as a whole uh really you know be more cognizant of you think back that to that atlanta game they were trying to either extend the lead or hold the lead and there was a couple of possessions where they just kept jacking three 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 lamella was in there too every up and three went up and i'm like fellas 
just go to the basket. Just try and get a layup. Try and get a dunk. You know, that's how you protect that lead. That's how you can push that lead out when you want to get a game. I'm sorry, it wasn't it wasn't Atlanta. It was just the most recent Miami game. And right. that's a game you do want to win. Okay, you lose all the rest. You, you beat the heat when you can. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so that's an area where I think that'll come. You forget how young LaMelo is. I mean, I know we talk about him every day. He's a highlight of every game he's playing in. But th- being that young, having no college experience, getting fantastic coaching for probably the first time in his career here in the NBA, um, you see the growth that's coming. And you see Walker – there is growth to be had. There's still areas of improvement, you know, running that point guard position, uh, being able to close out a game, being able to control it from all angles. Uh, there's still growth, and he, he's got that mastery. And in his back pocket, he's probably the best passer on the planet. I mean, really, if you think about it, at least in the top five. Oh, so yeah. uh, you, you put that all together, and from a LaMelo standpoint, uh, you know, there's still so much room to grow and, and improve. So I think you got to feel good about that. Oh, yeah. And, and just last thing, you know, since December, here we are talking about the shooting. It's definitely down as far as the efficiency goes. I mean, he's still he's hunting a shot quite a bit. We talk about 26 field goal attempts. 27 is the most that he's had this year. But if, if you look at what he's done since Christmas, he's played 16 games. And his free throw attempts per contest is at 4.4. You know, for his career, it's about one free throw attempt below that on average. So you've seen a growth. And even this season, it's it's like three and a half or something like that. But the last 15 games, I think he's made more of an effort to get to the foul line. You know, there's there's mm-hmm. quite a bit of four and five attempt games in, in this 16-game stretch. You have the back-to-back games against Toronto and then the first one against Boston where he shot nine from the charity stripe and then the next game goes eight of eight. You also have the nine of 10 against Chicago. Man, to see three games where he gets to the foul line and shoots eight free throw attempts within the last 10 that they've played overall, you're seeing it start to click for LaMelo. But the question is, can he continue or can he period get more of those calls? Let's talk about that coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. What's it going to take? Is it going to take Giannis destroying him and swiping him across the face? No, that's not it. All right. We'll try to ask him questions as to how LaMelo can get more foul calls when it is called upon to do so. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel this year. It's the only app that you need at your Super Bowl, a Super Bowl party. It is FanDuel and it's America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for lockdown because they're the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. And you can download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, it's secure, it's super easy to use. And best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Let's talk more LaMelo coming up next. Locked on Hornets is locked on Hornets. Uh, it says the Hornets received three votes for their handling of James Borrego, who was viewed as doing a good job the past couple of years before Charlotte fired like him, him man. after the season. Then hire him. No one's hired him. These GMs are like, oh, we love James Borrego. Are you, you going to hire him? Ah, I don't yeah. think so. He got blown out twice <laughs> a plate. You can't hire that guy. 
It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. All right, David. So we saw this game and there was nothing more egregious as far as a no call goes than when LaMelo hits the layup, should have had the opportunity to go to the foul line for an and one, and there's just no call. And so this has been something people have been frustrated with for quite a bit, right? Because not only do you have LaMelo not getting calls himself, he's also fouling a lot on the other end. And so it's the worst problem you could possibly have as a star. The fact that you have this fouling problem and the fact that you're not getting any foul calls when you do drive to the basket. So look, one is a large part his fault. The other one, not so much, right? Like I I think one thing that is going to have to happen is this is a little bit new to LaMelo's game. You know, this is something that was, they put an emphasis at the beginning of the season. They talked about that constantly. Rod Boone is writing articles about it. Steve Clifford is sure to mention it right at the beginning of the season. He needs to go to the foul line more often. Well, he gets hurt. He doesn't play forever. What does he do when he comes back? I mean, he just lets it fly from deep all the time. I don't know if it still holds true, but uh, for a while, it might even still be true. He was shooting the second most three-point in all of the NBA, and the only person he was behind was Steph Curry. So the fact that he was shooting so much, you're not going to get any foul calls from out there. But now that he's starting to be a little more aggressive, he's starting to get into the paint. I hope that officials are recognizing that. I hope I hope that, honestly, the, the swipe across LaMelo's face honestly puts it into the mind of the officials like, oh, okay, yeah, that was bad. There's no denying that. Let's pay attention to that a little bit more. And LaMelo yeah. forces them to call it in the future. Yeah, so, I mean, a couple things, right? I think just right off the bat, you watch that play. It's egregious. Uh, I mean, not a commented. It probably should have been a flagrant one. If you're going by the letter of the law, right? I mean, I, I think if you hit somebody in the head, uh, it's a foul. And then if you review it or whatever, it's a flagrant one. It should have been a foul. It's clearly a strike to the head. Uh, yes, it's Giannis. It's not hard to see. He's got the longest arms in the building. So you should be able to clearly see when the man driving to the basket gets swiped across right. the forehead. So stuff like that is going to just infuriate people on its own. I, I don't think there's an excuse or a way to talk yourself out of that one being called. But your point about LaMelo just now implementing the driving part of his game is correct. Like, you know, for so many years or his entire time in the league, he hasn't been going through contact, um, you know, driving to the lane and forcefully seeking out that contact and trying to finish. Not to say he hasn't been fouled, but like that hasn't been an element to his game. And he's tried to, you know, contort and and make a bunch of crazy layups and he's had success here and there doing that. But you're right. The the refs aren't really used to him seeing to seeing him go in there and try and get that contact, which it feels like he is hunting that a little bit more or at least becoming more comfortable doing that. Um, so So that's an adjustment. Uh, look, I think LaMelo's relationship with the refs is an interesting one because at one point last night, LaMelo stepped off the line st- at a free throw. You could hear him on camera counting out the six players from the Bucks that were on the floor. And then I think he pointed to a ref and mimicked doing a whistle, you know? So he's, <laughs> yeah, they don't like that. 
I, I don't know much about the refs, but I know they don't like being called out like that. It was in a joking way. Lamella's a people person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I think there is some getting used to, especially a young star uh, in the league, getting those calls, figuring out his personality. But there's no question he's got to get calls like that. I think that will come. Um, and, and, and I'll say this. At some point, I think the Hornets, the team, the bench, someone's got to be like, hey, our guy's getting knocked out. He's getting hit across the head. He's already been injured, you know, three times this season. Can we protect the guys? Can we protect people that are getting knocked in the face as they drive to the basket? So, like, a lot of that stuff, maybe it's to come in the second half. But uh, it feels like LaMelo should be getting a lot more calls than he is. I will say this, though. I think he's made a concerted effort to, to pull back his fouls, right? Um, the stupid ones you're not seeing as much. He's yeah. not fouling out as much. His defense, look, has to go under a major overall. He, he, he's got to get better on the defensive end, but he's trying not to get those silly fouls, you know, at three-quarters court, grabbing in, doing something stupid where where it doesn't affect the play at all. So that's good. Uh, but, you know, Lamel's relationship with the refs and his ability to keep being aggressive – I think should only get better. Yeah, and and it's not like Lamelo shows up the officials all the time. No, no, no. Yeah. yeah, right. Like so, you would you would think that there's not any kind of bad blood between those two. I I don't ever see Lamelo no, 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 show no. up constantly. There's nothing like that at all coming from Lamelo Ball. And so hopefully that relationship does get a lot better in the sense that the officials just realize Lamelo is getting more aggressive and they do give him the deserved calls, not just give it to him because, all right, well, he's a star and, and, you know, more likely than not, he's getting fouled here. I mean, no, it, it's actual foul. If you want to mm-hmm. check some of this stuff out. So hopefully that does happen. Um, and I, I think, I think that aggression will eventually pay off, you know, at, at least, at least with this newfound way of playing. Right. And even here in this game, he had six free throw attempts, you know, so, so there was one technical, so I guess that doesn't necessarily count towards Lamella being aggressive, but still five, that's still decent enough. You'll take that. Um, yeah, man, uh, Lamello special game, not just the shooting efficiency wasn't great, but not only to to be more aggressive, not only to see the triple double, how about three blocks for LaMelo too? Yeah. You know, I, I even think just crashing the boards. I mean, he was huge. Mm-hmm. We we did the, the post game show for WFNZ last night. And one of the plays that we chose was it was just a putback from LaMelo. We had a couple of them early on. He's tapping that at the goal where he's trying to just keep the ball alive. That's how he had five offensive rebounds. And then, and then also three blocks that, if, if you have that size, right, if you're 6'7", and you find yourself down in the paint, then you can have an impact still, you know? So yeah. that's that's something that I think LaMelo is starting to to figure out. And, of course, as he puts on more muscle, as he just becomes an adult, a, which you're seeing in the NBA, it's only going to help his game. Yeah, and I think that block, one of those blocks you mentioned, led to that technical foul. So, you know what? I am going to give him credit. For there that you go. Free throw. You know, he earned that. He earned that free throw. He did. Um, so, so yeah, but to your point on the refs, like you always see him talking to the refs, but not in a disrespectful way. It's always like, you know, tell me more about that foul. You just wrapped me or yeah. Yeah. Mr. Ref. So like, I think they do appreciate that. I think it's coming. I, you're right. I don't see any animosity towards him. He's, he's mm-hmm. oftentimes such a, a, a smooth and at the same time kind of herky jerky player. So a lot of times, Maybe it's it's tough for them to see that right away, but they got to get the, the headshots. They got to get the headshots called. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. Um, by the way, you mentioned you just forget how young he is. It's, it's funny because I know he's 21. I get that. 
But then you hear something from Eric Collins on the call last night. And he says, you know, former rookie of the year, uh, you know, also participated in the rising star challenge, former all-star. It's like, wait, it, you're, you're talking about him. Like he is a longtime vet, like right. a former all-star it is. And to do all of that at 21, you know, you're just hoping a better team is around him. So he could start to get a little bit more respect because he had it immediately upon stepping into the league. He got it in droves. And then the Hornets were ascending and now they're very much not. So we'll see what happens with the Hornets at the trade deadline. We can get your takes on that. Plus coming up next on the lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. The rising stars challenge is here. We have the players that are going to be attending it. How many Charlotte Hornets are in the rising stars challenge? We'll get to that in just a moment, but now before I talk about built bar, this episode is brought to you by built bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all of the fat and the calories, then you got to try a built bar. We've been talking about it for quite some time. Now we just got through the holidays. I know my goal is to eat just a little bit healthier this year. And if you're like me and you want to eat healthier, but don't want to compromise taste, then Built Bar is absolutely the treat for you. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They have amazing flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond. I'm not sure how they do it, but they're low in calories. They're low in fat. They're low in sugar, but they are high in fiber and they are high in protein. Plus, you can go to your nearest Walmart today. You can walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, bubble chocolate, doesn't matter. Or if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in there and grab a 13-bar box with the hit flavors, all of the ones that I just talked about. Go to Walmart, go to Sam's Club, go to Built.com. Plenty of places you can get Built Bars. They are fabulous. All right, one more segment to go. Coming up next, Lockdown Hornets. This is Locked on Hornets. We got a couple of rookies here. I got David spreading fake news. Guess what? Four championship games in a row. Continuous success, sustainability. I've got Steve Bob not plugging in his headphones. Which it's I would great. love to see JaVale McGee, uh, you know, get out there on the ice velodrome or whatever you call those things. This is a professional show we're trying to run here. Only on the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, David, we all know the NBA trade uh, trade deadline is fast approaching. Uh, we've gotten your takes before, but now with us being in the month of February, with it being on the 9th, so just over a week away, Terry Rozier's playing a lot better. Now, he, he wasn't great last night. He started to heat up a little bit as the game went on. But but Mason Plumley has been absolutely balling. So is Terry. These guys are starting to maximize on their value right now. Uh, what do you make of those two specifically? And is Gordon, who not only did he go seven of seven the previous game, but he started off, yeah, it started off five <laughs> of five in this one. Can he just stay healthy for eight more days? Can you just stay healthy for eight more days, put together over 50% shooting nights and average, let's go yeah. 20. Can you average 20 for a stretch enough for another team to say, okay, all right, I'm in baby. Bring Gordon Hayward on board. Uh, which one of these players do you think is most likely to get traded, most likely to stay? Who do you hope um, stays on this team? Just give me your trade deadline thoughts. Well, I mean, the obvious one, I think, is is Plumley, right? I mean, he's he's never been more tradable. I mean, the guy <laughs> is the darling of NBA Twitter right now. 
uh, you know, uh, they're, they're saying he's better than Ben Simmons out there on Twitter land. Shout out <laughs> Trey Kirby. Uh, and statistically, it's not even close. So I think that one is the one you look at and you couple that with just, you know, the Hornets wanted to kind of get the young guys going and play that center position some more um, and, 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 and start to move on. That one makes the most sense. It would be oh so bittersweet now that Plumlee has just warmed all of our hearts. I'm, of I'm, I'm, I'm a Plumlee convert now, you know, uh, he will. <laughs> If he were to get traded, he would go down with Josh McRoberts and and, and former wow. legends that have just that Up have just shown legend. out, yeah, and been able to um, to go into to greener pastures. Let's say so. I think that one is the obvious one if they can swing that. Um, I don't know where did you guys land on the first round pick for Plumley? I didn't get to that episode this week. I mean, it sounds crazy, but you look at the numbers and maybe not. Um, yeah, I I still think. Right. If I had to bet money on it, I don't think it happens. <laughs> yeah, right. I, so. I mean, that. I mean, look, at the end of the day, even if he's playing so much better than he has, this month has been stupid for him, what he's yeah. done. The guy's still on a rental. How, how much yeah. are you going to pay him after this? You're going to do that for for a backup center. Like, I, I don't know if there's going to be a team right. that says we are a Mason Plumlee fourth, away really. from contending. Right. So yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think the first ra- uh, round pick is going to happen, but you know, unprotected seconds, mm-hmm, some young mm-hmm. reclamation project in a second. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're right. The, the value yep. is as high as it's been for him. Yeah. And we love second draft picks, second round picks. Around we, here, love so them. we can't have, we can't get enough. Terry is also one that's really interesting to me because I think he, in years past, it really seems like he would be the ideal guy for a team in contention to give them another shot in the armor and offense, you know, whether it's off the bench or in a, or in a third scoring role or something like that. Like he, and he's that guy. I mean, that's really something you could add to your mm-hmm. roster and immediately have an impact on offense who could make and has made a difference in big time playoff games, you know, in his career, he has been that guy in the past. So he's the one that me, of course, the money is the main sticking point there. Obviously it's a lot, but like for someone looking to make a push, I think he, he makes sense. Of course, he's got his shortcomings. Um, Anytime you start talking about packaging with these picks, though, it just gets so much more complicated. You know what I mean? Like if you're sure. packaging one or two players and then, uh, God forbid, you bring in a third team on one of these deals, it just lowers the percentage of it happening to me. Uh, but those would be the two guys. I think with Ubre hurt, it's going to be super tough. You know, for anyone to take a swing on him, that would have been another option. Um, you know, could it be somewhere out of some guy that we're not thinking about out of nowhere? Sure. But to me, those seem like the three obvious ones, especially with Plumlee getting so much love right now. Well, and, and you're in dog's boy. Jalen McDaniels is, is the one that is most pursued. Yikes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah bad, I know bad, bad stretch for him. Now, you know, what's funny last night. He actually, I, you don't want to say broke out of the slump because he definitely didn't, but made more threes did hit the three pointer at the end of the first half, but it was not a good game for Jalen. He's not been shooting the ball. Well at all. It was really, he had a great game against Boston Mm-hmm. And then since then, the shooting has gone down. So that that's the thing about Jalen. Um, 15 points on his birthday, but yeah, yeah birthday. made some mistakes in this one. Yeah, and I don't know. You know, you really have to watch these games uh, to see some of the shortcomings in Jalen's game or some of just the mishaps because he, he, he is enticing. You know, if you see him out there, uh, he's got the length. It's understandable why teams are looking to add him. So that's another possibility. Yeah, you know, that seems like an easier sure. one to make happen too but uh but certainly you know he's had some uh some ups and downs as of late um yeah i mean and so you know if those guys get traded any of them you're gonna have to have young players step up 
Problem is, you don't have any of them in the Rising Stars Challenge, David. So it depends not. on how high you are on some of these younger players. So the, the player pool came out. And among the players that are in for the sophomores, you're talking about Jose Alvarado, Scotty Barnes, the rookie mm -hmm. of the year last year, Josh Giddy, Quentin Grimes, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, Alperen Shengun, Franz Wagner. You know, there's a lot of those guys. And then some of the rookies that are in that might be of interest to Hornets fans. Jalen Duran is in there. Mm -hmm. Walker help. Kessler is in there. AJ Griffin made it as well. Yes. Andrew Nembhard for Indiana, which is, you know, somebody that was drafted in the second round. Very impressive there. Jalen Williams from Oklahoma City, I think taken the pick before or two picks before uh, the Charlotte Hornets were selecting as well. But no Mark Williams, no Kai Jones, no James Booknight, no JT Thor, no Bryce McGowans. What do you make of no Hornets being selected for the Rising Stars Challenge? Well, unfortunately, I think you can skip over that sophomore class. There just hasn't been enough impact on the court for the Hornets. Uh, their two first-round draft picks in Booknight and, and Kai Jones just have not made impact here enough to play. So they're they're certainly not going to get a look on the larger stage league-wide. I think the Mark Williams thing is he's only played, you know, counting last night, 21 games. And so that's that's his downfall there. Uh, he just hasn't had, had enough time on the court Um and is just now starting to come on. Um, and, and I think people are seeing that, calling for him to play more, uh, which he is, but just hasn't had enough time. I wouldn't feel too bad about that one if I'm the Hornets or, the, or Hornets fan or Mark Williams, you know what I mean? Like he's, his numbers are, are really right there, kind of with Kessler and some of the other guys that have made it. But, but Kessler's played twice as many games. So is Jalen Duran. Um, that one stings, of course, because the Hornets drafted Duran. So that's a tough one for, for Hornets fans to, to swallow. But – um, overall, it would have been really tough for Mark Williams to get in right now. Oh, I think yeah. just with 20 games. Yeah. So, so the sophomore class, you're right. You got to skip right on over that. There's just, there's just not a case. Uh, the James book tonight is the one, if you're just talking about this selection process and the rising stars challenge to criticize the Hornets as much as possible, James book night is the one that would give you the best evidence. Kai Jones was always going to be a project and, and mm -hmm. you could still find ways to criticize the Hornets for it, uh, for it. I'm just saying. Kai Jones always going to be a project. Right. JT Thor, second round pick. Right. Okay. Book Knight's the one that kind of hurts here. With Mark Williams, you're right. I mean, they just didn't play him. Um, I guess you could argue the Hornets could have played him earlier. I, I thought they should have played him a little earlier, but it's not anything that I'm like angry at Steve Clifford at. This was no. the system. He comes in. He plays well immediately. Totally fine. He's going to get rookie experience. I'm cool with all of it. The, Mark Williams compared to Jalen Duran and Walker Kessler. If, if you look at the amount of games that Mark Williams has played compared to those two other centers, it's way down. But as far as the impact and what they've provided, is there any one of those centers that have just so vastly outperformed the other one, right? Like K Kessler's yeah. been very good, and I was right. way wrong on him. I didn't want him in the NBA draft. I know he was like one of 15 guys that Doug Branson liked. As, as yeah, I just he, heard as, Doug screaming. Right. Tennessee, right. Yeah. Well, of course, he wanted Jalen Duran and then, you know, Rick Bennell, you know, he he would always clown Doug. Hey, which one of the uh, seven draft roses did you give? Which one of these? But Walker Kessler was a guy that Doug liked and and uh, would have fit a need for this team. And he's been great in Utah. Two blocks per game, 71 percent from the field. It's outrageous. But I, I, I watch Mark Williams. You see Walker Kessler, you know, he's also not shooting well from the free throw line at all. It's like 53%. Mark Williams, clearly a way yeah. better shooting touch than Walker. So he projects well in that area. Uh, yeah, I just, 
I, I think you just saw a really talented pool of centers in this class. And you know what, David? I, I think the Charlotte Hornets got one. And I, I don't I don't think him not being in the rising stars challenge is an indictment on his play this season. No. It just it just didn't start early enough. No, no, not at all. And I think the, so the during cases he just played a lot more had some early success and I guess, you know, had a massive numbers that that was that was tough to turn down. You got to remember the All-Star game is in Utah. Uh, Kessler does play for Utah. He had a little pop maybe two weeks ago or so where he was starting a couple games and got some some national attention, I think, from those performances. He's played well. But, yeah, I mean, Mark Williams is not going to have the eye-popping numbers. I don't think that sometimes Kessler had – did, did he have he didn't have like a 20 and 20 did he or he had he, he did have a ridiculous game here lately i can look it up though yeah so he had something that popped out on, on nba twitter one night but you know mark williams has been a little bit more under the radar just hasn't played as much uh as we mentioned so yeah i think you're feeling great about mark williams right now i think across the board hornets folks there were a lot of doubters you know that didn't like the mark williams coming in a lot of concerns about him being able to move in the nba and, and affect the game i think it's clear He's been able to affect the game on offense and defense. I mean, I think that's what you have to be excited about oh, yeah. from the Mark Williams standpoint. It looks like a guy that can contribute and be a piece of this team. And that is what you desperately need and want from Hornets drafts picks at this point. I think he's on track to be in that game next year. And you know what? These games aren't for centers. <laughs> so don't, no, don't even sweat it. Especially, especially like the Williams and Kessler types, right? Like yeah. Duran, maybe because he's just lightning in a bottle too at that spot. So maybe Duran a little bit more. Yeah, um, he might and, be able and, to get some. But but this it's like putting Rudy Gobert in the All Star game. Like nobody yeah. wants to see him. On now offense. will Kessler shoot a three? I guarantee he's shooting a three in this game. Oh, his dad's an attempted one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hasn't yeah. attempted one yet mm-hmm. in the NBA. That was a big sticking point in college. Wanted to shoot a lot of three pointers. So I, there's one going up in Utah. Uh, my my last thing on, on on the Utah All Star, I think we've got to hold out. Uh, I don't think Lamelo he, he would he get an invite to the three point contest? Probably not. I don't. Do they still have the skills? I should know this. Do they still have the skills challenge? I think they do. Maybe. I, I mean, think they do. I'll look that up. Research team working overtime that right should now. Be, the NBA needs to find a way. Who else do you want in the skills challenge outside of Lamelo? I mean. Plays with such flair. He did. He did a windmill uh, bounce pass last night. I've never seen it before. Yeah. So I think that's the guy you want in the skills challenge NBA. Come on, open your eyes. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Saturday, February eighteenth, eight it o'clock. Down. It is the oh, first yeah. event. The oh, first yeah. event. The skills challenge is still up and running, baby. Let's so. start it right now, guys. Today, hashtag it out. Lamelo skills. Hashtag Lamelo skills. Utah. Come on. Let's get that, him in. Let's get him in there. All right, that is David Walker, the footwear phenom, the pharaoh of foot candy, the sultan of sneakers. You can find him on Twitter at David B. Walker, and I'm Walker Mail. Catch me on WFNZ from 12 to 3. David, appreciate you, man. Thanks again. Hey, man, absolutely. All right, that uh, thank you so much for listening to us, making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcast. Make your second listen game to game NBA. They cover every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game to game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you tomorrow. 